0: Thanks for listening to the Mornings with Carmen LaBerge podcast, made available thanks to support from listeners just like you.
1: Your daily encouragement that God has the world in the hollow of His hand. This is Mornings with Carmen LaBerge on Faith Radio.
0: Good morning, good morning. It is the 27th of January, 2023. I'm Carmen LaBerge. It's a Friday, 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 Friday. Uh, so yeah, we will give a Friday farm report at some point this morning. Suffice it to say, you know, God is good and spring is only like, I don't know, six weeks away. Paul Perot is the producer of this program. Paul, is, um, is spring more than six weeks away where you live? Uh, I'm sorry, I was uh, talking
2: with our spring. next guest. Spring. I'm so sorry.
0: Uh, is it yeah. more than six weeks away? Oh, he, well,
2: you know, okay. with Minnesota, mm-hmm. you know, spring could start any time from, <sighs> from March to May. I mean, it's it's really okay. a sliding so scale thing, you know? But
0: spring's a sliding scale. On the sliding scale, spring is coming. That's uh, yeah, what I, except, I, I,
2: yeah, except it's going to turn really cold starting later today. So, you know, it's it's going to be a while.
0: Mm-hmm. Now,
2: now, mm-hmm. now, theoretically— Groundhog Day is the halfway point between the winter solstice <laughs> and the spring equinox. So some people say that's the halfway point. Uh, no, not mm. in Minnesota.
0: No, no, I don't. Yeah, I don't know. OK, well, um, spring is coming. I don't know. I just felt I, like I, today I, was the day I needed to make that declaration <laughs> to someone. So there you go. Today's Growing Your Faith verse of the day comes from Hebrews chapter 12. We're going to read the first two verses. I actually commend the reading of, of this entire chapter to you today. So spend a little time in the Word of God before you get out there into the world that God so loves. Let's be people of the Word. I mean, if we're not, you know, soaked in and saturated by the Word of God, then when the world squeezes us, which it will, like, you're going to get squeezed today by the world. I can just almost guarantee that. Um, So what's going to come out? Well, if you are um, full of the Holy Spirit of the living God, if you're full of the Word of God, then when the world squeezes you, what comes out is going to be grace and truth. Otherwise, you know, it's just going to be whatever you're full of, and everybody is full of something. So there you go. Let's be full of the Word of God today. Hebrews 12, verses 1 and 2. These are today's Growing Your Faith verses of the day. You can sign up to receive them in your inbox at myfaithradio.com. Therefore, now remember, every time we read a therefore, we got to ask ourselves, now what's the therefore therefore? So we need to go back and read Hebrews chapters 1 through 11 to understand what the therefore is Therefore. But nonetheless, we're going to proceed forward. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great crowd of witnesses to the life of faith, let us strip off every weight that slows us down, especially since um, that so easily trips us up. And let us run with endurance the race God has set before us. We do this by keeping our eyes fixed on Jesus, the champion who initiates and perfects our faith. So first of all, let me say this, it's time to surrender. Like, put your hands up, we've got you surrounded, it's time to surrender. You can hear that in the secular world as a threat, but for Christians, like, there is this great solace in recognizing that we're surrounded. The witnesses to the life of faith in Christ, they've got us surrounded. As a Christian, you are surrounded in every moment and circumstance by a huge crowd of witnesses, Every person who has, in any place, at any time, under any circumstance, put their faith in Jesus Christ and relies on him for their salvation, every single one of them is now a part of your active support system as a believer. Like, you are literally not alone. Far from it. You're surrounded. So it's time to drop the burdens um, that we carry, those burdens of loneliness, depression, and fear, or the burden of guilt and shame and self-loathing. Like it's time to set those down in order that we might be able to run with endurance, as the writer um, of Hebrews says, to run with endurance the race God has set before us. So what race are you running? First of all, are you sure you're running the race that God has set before you, or are you just running, running from something, running on the latest hamster wheel of the day, um, or, or running towards something other than God? Like, what race are you running? That's a really good question to ask today. Are you running with endurance, the race God has set before you? Are your eyes fixed on Jesus? Do you recognize him as the champion who initiates and perfects your faith? It's time to run with endurance, the race God has set before each and every one of us. Now, for some, for some, that's just a sprint to the finish line. Like the race may be short. For others, there's still a long road ahead on this race of faith. For you, it's a marathon. And I don't, I can't tell you today whether or not, you know, the race left for you as a sprint or a marathon, but I can tell you this. God has set out a course for you that ends with him, where you arrive at home with the Father forever. And it is for us, each one of us, to discern today the race that God has marked out for us all the way home to the Father's house. And then remember, remember. You don't run alone. You're surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses, including me. Thank you so much um, for including me in your day today. We're going to um, be joined next with uh, by Don Parson. You'll remember him from Mission Eurasia. He's going to give us an update on what is happening in Ukraine and how churches are doing in Ukraine and those in Poland who are supporting so many affected by um, the war that Russia has brought to Ukraine. All of that up next here on Mornings with Carmen. Confidence,
2: with sprinkled hearts, with
1: reverence, and hold unswervingly to that
0: hope as we look and see
2: that day approach. Morning.
0: Don Parsons is the director for Unreached People Groups um, for Mission Eurasia. He has served in cross-cultural missions for more than 25 years. Um, Don, welcome back to Mornings with Carmen.
2: Hey, Carmen. It's great to be able to be on your show again today. Thank you so much for the invitation. So we, are,
0: um, we were awakened this morning, uh, for those of us who listened to any form of the news um, we were awakened to the sound of, of air sirens um, and to the news of, uh, you know, a new wave of um, attacks, missiles uh, and, mm-hmm. um, and, and drones mm-hmm. uh, against the people of Ukraine. Um, you are much closer to that than we are geographically. Um, talk with us about where you are, what you're hearing um, and, and how people are enduring in the midst of it yeah. all.
2: Sure, sure. I'm in Warsaw, Poland. Um I have been here uh for most of the last 11 months uh, of the war. You know, we're looking to uh celebrate that ominous uh date on February 24th, which will be a full year. And uh, I've been here, my wife's been here with me for most of the time or at least a lot of the time working with Ukrainian refugees. There's millions here in this country. And because of that and because of our proximity, yes, we hear about those, you know, what's happening in Ukraine. We hear about the sirens. We hear about the devastation. And it it feels sometimes like it's every day that there's another piece of news that has come out of Ukraine about another city, another town, another piece of infrastructure, uh, another blackout, um, another city without heat and and those kinds of things. So uh, absolutely. Uh, What I read this morning and saw this morning was, these uh, probably took place in uh, response to the West's desire or interest in sending tanks, and so Putin responded by sending in as many missiles and and uh, drones as he possibly could, uh, just in response to that. So yeah, it's 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 surreal. It's difficult, but um, uh, yeah, it's good to be able to serve the Lord in the midst of all of this.
0: Give us an update on um, on Sergey. Um, folks listening will remember that he is um, the president of Mission mm-hmm. Eurasia. Um, that he, uh, he, I have in my notes that um, he was in Ukraine most of the month of January. Uh, his hometown is Zaporizhia, and we have yeah. certainly heard um, about that city. Yeah. Um, g- give us an update on Sergei. Sure,
2: sure. Sergei is now home. Uh, he lives in the Nashville area now. Uh, but, yes, he just had this trip. Uh, he was here in Warsaw, and then from here he traveled into Ukraine, was in airplane, was in Kiev, was uh, was in uh, different places in Kherson, uh, Cher- uh, Chernigov, and then headed out to Moldova, um, probably missing a place or two that he visited along the way. You know, when I was listening to your introduction this morning, Carmen, and heard you talking about the cloud of witnesses,
0: All right. We um, we have lost uh, temporarily our connection um, with Don Parsons. We will make that reconnection. Um, in the meantime, let's take a very, very brief pause. Um, we are uh, going to return to our conversation about what is happening in Ukraine and how um, Christians are serving across the border in Poland. You're listening to Mornings with Carmen. I'm Carmen LaBerge. This is Faith Radio. Maybe you're thinking in this new year you'd like to change the world. Well, you can start by changing the world for one child. We're partnering with one Child Again, and you can sponsor a child now at MyFaithRadio.com. What happens when you sponsor a child through one child? Well, you're going to be linked to a boy or a girl who lives in a country other than your own, uh, and you're going to help supply for their tangible needs. Yes, they're going to receive the gospel of Jesus, but they're also going to receive educational assistance, supplemental food, clothing, healthcare services, and opportunities for love, friendship, and encouragement The cost is just $39 a month, and you can sponsor a child right now at MyFaithRadio.com. So if you want to change the world this year, why don't you start by changing the world for one child? Sponsor a child today at MyFaithRadio.com. Don Parsons is with us this morning from Mission Eurasia. Uh, In the last 11 months, Mission Eurasia volunteers and their church partners have been um, coming alongside churches uh, in the region, not only in Ukraine, but across the border, um, and assisting – well, I'll just give you some numbers – more than 11,000 people with emergency housing, trauma counseling, and the good news of the gospel of Jesus with refugees who are displaced. Um, more than 191,000 eye care boxes um, that included more than two tons of food, two million copies of the scriptures and other religious literature. Um, They're serving more than 300,000 people in refugee centers, um, and they've installed more than 440 wood-burning stoves at homes and churches that now have no electricity. Um, Don, again, thank you so much for joining us today from Warsaw, Poland. Um, Maybe give us an update on... um, Current humanitarian efforts, including the you know the not just the relief aid, although that's so important, but also the spiritual um, comfort and encounters that you guys are having um, with Ukrainian mm-hmm. refugees.
2: Well, thanks again. Uh, the The opportunities and the needs here in Poland continue to be huge. Uh, there remains still millions of Ukrainian refugees here in this country. Uh, there's a desire to go home uh, for many of them. Some of them are looking to go further west, um, but they're kind of stuck here, not able to move further west, uh, not able to go back home and uh, struggle to find work, struggle to find the assistance that they need. We've been able to help nearly 80,000 Ukrainian individuals here in Poland in the last 11 months through our refugee centers, primarily in Warsaw, where I'm located, and down in Krakow as well. And, you know, the the needs, um, the physical needs are great. And yes, so we have continued to distribute lots of food, lots of different kinds of hygiene products, uh, as you've already listed off uh, in general for Mission Eurasia. We've distributed here in Poland also uh, hundreds of thousands of pieces of literature helped produce and publish some of them here and then send large portions of those back into Ukraine. So those have been some of the things we've been doing. But those are all kind of on the large scale. You know, take the refugee and bring it down to an individual. Um, we were at uh, the local expo center. Uh, the local expo center, there's multiple here in Warsaw, but one of the local expo centers had about 3,000 refugees in it uh, at the peak of the war. And when I say an expo center, I'm talking about a big open room, half the size of a football field, and it was caught after caught after caught after caught of individuals, families with their pets, their kids, uh, largely women and children, because men were not allowed to come out of the country. Uh, the numbers have decreased in those centers, yes, but there's still uh, nearly a thousand people at the one center that I'm referring to. And we were there just a couple of weeks ago. My wife and I and our and team was there to do a Christmas outreach. And um, I remember walking up to this one little girl. About six years old. And I I just went up to her at, uh, to try to get her to give me a high five. And she gave me a high five. I asked her what her name was, and I couldn't understand what she responded to. I, I speak, I, I can speak the language, I can understand what she's saying typically, but I couldn't understand her. Her mom standing next to her, and she she said, Well, she hasn't been talking well since we got here. She she stopped having the ability to really communicate well because of the trauma that she's experienced. And I was just heartbroken. My wife, uh, I, I called my wife to come over because she she works with kids. She's trained as uh, for trauma and working with children. And she gets down on her knees and she starts talking to this, this little girl and uh, with a smile in the little girl's eyes, looking at Esther, who was willing to get down at, uh, on her knees to talk to her. And she says, you know, I want you to know that anytime you feel alone, you can talk to Jesus. He loves you so much. Do you agree with that? She asks, And she little girl smiles and shakes her head. Uh, I'm standing next to her mom and her mom is just, just, you know, her her tears are just flowing down her face and being able to take time with a little girl like this, who's experienced this trauma, living in a large place with at this point, about a thousand people in it. We're able to care for her. I'm thankful for that opportunity. But that individual story repeats itself time. And time and time and time again, we were able to leave a gift with her, that little girl and her mom too, and uh, that gift included a, uh, a couple of pieces of children's literature, a children's Bible in Ukrainian language, a uh, another piece of literature, uh, Christian literature in Ukrainian language. Mom was just thrilled to be able to have that in her hands. but uh, we think about the the aid, the need for aid, the need for assistance here. That's the kind of story that we come come into, bump into on a regular daily basis here.
0: We're talking with Don Parsons from Mission Eurasia. Um, he is joining us from Warsaw, Poland. Um, when Remind us about the network of relationships that you have with Christian churches in the region, um, sure. because I think that that's, that is such a great reminder of that great cloud of witnesses um, that Absolutely. You know, we started with this morning in Hebrews 12.
2: Absolutely. You know, Mission Eurasia uh, is really a small organization with a big impact. The big impact, though, isn't really Mission Eurasia. It's the church networks that we partner with. In Ukraine, um, as this war has taken place, our small team has been partnering with hundreds and hundreds of churches that are already part of a network network. Uh, that, that we have built over the years, that we've helped helped uh, be connected to through our School Without Walls training program, through our businesses mission programs that we have, and those kinds of things. And to see the church become the light and be the light of Christ in the midst of darkness. One of the things that Sergei Rehuba, our president, told me one time, he says, NGOs, different NGOs, they're they are trying to find networks to give aid to the Ukrainian people, to provide resources, assistance, and so forth. And they can't find any reliable that aren't filled with corruption, that don't have tons and tons of problems, uh, warts and all of that. And they say, they just decide, let's just go to the church. The church has the best network, the best connections. But it's not just about the connections. It's about the integrity. It's about the the joy in the midst of suffering. It's about the peace uh, in the midst of uh, of a place where people don't have much peace and have much worry and much fear. And the church is exuding, exhibiting these kinds of traits. And it's taking people are taking notice of it on the outside as well as on the inside. So I thank the Lord for this great cloud of witnesses myself because I'm I'm able to be a part of this and. Learn here from our Ukrainian brothers and sisters in Christ in Poland, and hear the stories coming out of Ukraine. And I am so challenged in my own walk as I watch them stand up in the midst of war, in the midst of bombs, in the midst of blackouts, in the midst of cold. Um, I, I praise the lord for for that privilege to serve alongside them,
0: Don. I'm hoping that you will um share with um with Sergey and with your network um our continued support, um, assure them that we are embracing the call of Galatians 6, 9. Um, we do not mm-hmm. intend to grow weary in doing good. Mm-hmm. Um, we do not intend to grow weary in praying for mm-hmm. our brothers and sisters, not only in Ukraine, um, but also in Russia and Belarus and Poland and uh-huh. Moldova, um, on and on and on. Absolutely. Um, and praying for the strengthening of the churches, um, in those places. And, um, and for you as you serve. So could we, um, could we pray for you now? And, uh, and sure. as we pray for you? Yeah. Father, um, we do lift up our brother Don today. We thank you for um, the position in which you have placed him, the relationships that he has, the ability that you have given him to serve you by serving our brothers and sisters and through the network of churches um, in the region Father, we ask that you would strengthen him in the inner man um, and his wife as well and the brothers and sisters with whom he serves. Um, Father, that you would continue to extend all of the resources necessary for the accomplishing of your will in the lives of these precious people. Um, Father, grant your grace today in all sufficient measure. Protect those who are literally under a hail of fire today. Um, Let them know that we are among um, the great cloud of witnesses who stand with them. Father, grant that we not grow weary in doing the good you have um, given us to do on this day. In Jesus' name, amen.
2: Amen. Carmen, thank thank you you so much. Thank you for your prayers personally, as well as for all of your listeners' prayers and support for the work that we're doing here. We cannot do this. This is a spiritual battle as much as it is a physical battle. And we could not do this without that support and those prayers. So thank you so much for that. We really appreciate it.
0: Absolutely. That's Don Parsons. Um, he serves with Mission Eurasia. You can get the links to everything that we discussed in the show notes today, um, and uh, and you get those at MyFaithRadio.com or wherever you subscribe to your podcast. You're listening to Mornings with Carmen. I'm Carmen LeBurge. This is Faith Radio. Awesome. right. So one of the things that's going on uh, in the world today is that people are increasingly turning to artificial intelligence, which, you know, we could just pause there and say, as Christians, we want to be cultivating the mind of Christ in the matters of the day. And that is a spiritual intelligence, um, but it is certainly not artificial. So AI is a computer generated um, speech. It's also computer generated um, uh, media and now AI is generating literal speeches for members of Congress. Yep, a member of Congress read a speech written by Chat GPT, which is an um, artificial intelligence program. Um, and his the point the point of the member of Congress in doing this was uh, to raise awareness um, about. AI and specifically to raise, um, you know, a point of conversation with his colleagues um, about what is happening in terms of the pace of technology and, fr- and frankly, the, uh, the, the difference in the pace of technology and the pace of Congress. Like that really was the substance of the conversation. But it, um, it reminded me that there are a lot of people using words other than their own today out there in the culture. Um, There's a lot of folks who are repeating talking points that they've heard somewhere. And I want to encourage you to be a person who has the Word of God at the ready. Like, and the only way that we can do that is that we would um, invest ourselves in actually memorizing what God has said. And for me, the way that that happens is simply by spending a lot of time in the Word of God. The more time you spend with the Word of God, um, the more it will get into you. And the more that it gets into you, the, uh, the easier it will be to call it to mind and access it when you need it in a given moment. And so, I mean, you know, every single day, sure, we could issue a list of talking points on how to respond to each and everything that's happening in the culture and in the world. Or we could just keep pointing to the Word of God and say, you know, God has already said what needs to be said. And what we need to do is cultivate the mind of Christ on these matters so that we are prepared to apply the mind of Christ on in every situation um, for any given um, issue or matter. And so I don't want to be cultivating artificial intelligence. I want to be cultivating spiritual intelligence. I want to be cultivating the very wisdom of God on the matters of the day. I hope you do, too. Chris Martin's going to join us next. Um, he, uh, he is really um, the person who I rely on to be out there on the cutting edge of what's happening in terms of technology. We're going to talk about the dehumanizing effects of constantly performing. And you say to yourself, wow, Carmen, you're probably really at risk here because, you know, you're on the radio every single day. Yeah, but I don't suffer from the sense that I'm performing because I really feel like you and I are just having a conversation about what's happening in the world. Um, and so I actually find this experience with you to be more humanizing, puts me in touch with um, what is really happening and how people are really being affected by decisions that others are making and changes that are happening in the world. But I want to talk with Chris about the dehumanizing effects that lots of people do experience because they set themselves out there as if it's a performance I hope that's not how you experience our relationship. This is not a performance. I really am seeking to have a conversation with you today. I hope I hope that's the way you feel about it. We're going to talk with Chris Martin next. You're listening to Mornings with Carmen. I'm Carmen LeBurge, and this is Faith Radio. All right. As an entry point into this conversation with Chris Martin, I am going to test your historical knowledge. And Chris is too young to remember this. So I'm testing your historical knowledge as you're listening right now. Who is Ponch? Eric Estrada is his actual name. But for those of us who grew up watching Chips, his name is Ponch. And so um, I bring that up as an entry point into a conversation about whether or not we know people for who they really are or for the characters that they play. Chris, welcome back. Good morning.
1: Hey, thanks for having me. Yeah, good morning to you.
0: All right. So um, this came to mind because Eric Estrada is um, is a Christian, and he's um, well known um, in terms of uh, being very public about his faith. He's also most well known for a particular role that he played in the nineteen eighties you know, officer Poncharelli known as Ponch on a show called chips, which you probably don't even remember. Um, But um, it's hard for him then to not be Ponch for, for people to not still approach him and ask for his signature as Ponch instead of who he really is, which is Eric Estrada. So I bring that up because I think that for most people is the way we think about This um, performance orientation and where people get confused about who we are really versus who we present ourselves to be used to just be an issue for people, um, you know, like this, who are like famous for a particular role. But now it's an issue for everybody.
1: Yeah, totally. And for the record, I do remember Ponch a little bit. I believe (laughs) Chips was on TV land when I was scrolling channels on (laughs) before I was scrolling my my iphone in my pocket in college i was scrolling channels looking for something to watch on tv when i was a kid and i believe i remember multiple times uh scrolling over chips on tv land if i remember correctly um but yeah so this article from uh gerwinder bogle uh, who's just a really good uh thinker and writer in the i say social media space but that's almost too small it's more like in the internet culture space um, he wrote just a really great article toward the end of 2022 about the perils of audience capture and how um, influencers become brainwashed by their audiences. And something that I think is a really important matter to discuss here is that um, we shouldn't get this idea that only only influencers are uh, will fall prey to this idea that they have to constantly perform. Uh, because all of us, if we use social media, are social media influencers to some degree. Um, and we we feel the same pull, even if our entire career or, you know, um, financial stability doesn't isn't based on how well we post on social media. Um, I think anybody who's posted on social media with any regularity knows that sort of pull of an audience um, that desire to sort of be recognized and be paid attention. Um, I was with a group of youth ministry people a couple of days ago, speaking to them here in the Nashville area. And there is a like a preacher who who spoke before me and he said a really good, he made a really good point. He said, we want the attention and affection of someone who matters to us all the time. We want the attention and affection of someone who matters to us. And I think what social media has offered us is a sort of facsimile of that, a sort of mirage of that feeling that, and and my fear is that instead of working to get the attention and affection of real life people who are, who are with us, you know, uh, physically to give us attention and affection, we've just kind of traded that for getting the attention and affection of people who aren't with us, because it's a lot easier to get a feeling of attention and affection uh, from people on the internet than it can be to get it in real life. And that's because it's cheaper. And it's not as uh, worthy of our attention and worthy of our pursuit, I guess you could say. Um, And so, yeah, I I am always concerned. I mean, this has been one of my long concerns with our relationship with social media and it continues to be, is that um, we become shaped by our audiences and our desire to build an audience um, more than we're shaped by other more positive things, things that can form us more into the image of Christ. And so um, I, I think, we are led to live in constant performance mode. And I think uh, it's easy for us to want to maintain this image of ourselves that our audience maybe projects onto us. um, And we, we can kind of get trapped. We can kind of get enslaved to building an audience. And I think again, it's easy for us to think, "Oh, that's not me. Like I'm not an influencer. Yeah. But, but like, are you still like trying to post stuff to get people to respond? Because then it's, it's really the same thing no matter how many followers you have.
0: All right. And for people who um, are not on social media, I still think this is an issue. I think about pastors who, um, they they definitely think about um, who's giving and who's giving what and whether or not that's at risk before they address some issues that potentially God's calling them to address. Like this is a, the self, maybe self, there's like this editing thing that happens, right? Um, I'm I'm cognizant of the fact that there are rules related to what I can and cannot say on air um because of FCC guidelines but also because of the sensitivity of who I know is listening right now. Um mm-hmm. and um and so I think that when when I think about how we choose to frame what we say and giving like due consideration to not just what is said but how it is said Um, that's not what you're talking about. You're talking about the ways in which we would adapt who we are to actually match some character pattern that, um, people want us to be. There's a difference there. And I just want to, I just wanted to point that out. I wanted to highlight that.
1: Yeah. And I think, I think, um, I think there's a difference between like being respectful to people and communicating wisely and falling into like people pleasing to take this out Mm -hmm. of social media for a moment. Mm -hmm. Um, Like I used to work in social media for one of the largest Christian publishers in the world. And we would routinely have to fight this battle because we would feel the need to do something that's right. You know, as far as our organization was concerned, like, Hey, this is the right decision. This is the right thing to do. But then our audience, our customers would maybe not like that. There, you know, there might be a very loud contingent of people who don't like that we do X, Y, or Z. And you know what? That's fine. Sometimes you just need to let people be mad. You can't yeah. let people be mad uh let you like like keep you from doing the right thing. And so yeah, if there are pastors out there or church leaders or whatever who who feel like, man, I don't feel like I can say X, Y, or Z because somebody's gonna stop giving or the elders might come after me or whatever. Um Stop being a coward, like get some courage, do the thing that you think is right, regardless of whether or not people are going to are going to like you for it. Now, you need to do so respectfully, like you need to not be a jerk about whatever that hard thing is you need to say. Um, Obviously, we need to not be adding offense to the gospel and adding offense to hard truth that we maybe need to address in whatever context we may be leading, whether that's a church or or an organization we work for our family or whatever, like, I mean, just think about that as a parent, like, I can't, I can't ask my kid to clean their room, because they might not like me anymore. Like, it just sounds so ridiculous. Um, And I think the same thing should be said of, of leaders in general. If you find yourself, like, if we find ourselves as leaders in whatever capacity we're in, refraining from making a hard decision, because we're afraid of how the people who follow us or pay attention to us or listen to us may react. Like, maybe we should be wondering if we should just give up our position of leadership, because we simply don't have the courage to carry it out and so I would just challenge anybody who's maybe feeling that way like um do the hard thing and and pleasing people is not the goal here again we do not add offense we do not um, we do not intentionally anger or or rile people up or provoke people I think scripture's pretty clear about that but we also don't shy away from what needs to be done because we're afraid of how people may react
0: Chris Martin has a book coming out, uh, his next book, The Wolf in Their Pockets. And you're saying to yourself, I want to be on the launch team for that because I love what Chris talks about. And I want to be one of the first people to get to read what he has written. Mm-hmm. If you go to his Substack Terms of Service with Chris Martin, um, the, the lead thing on January the 26th, which is just yesterday, is that his next book, "The Wolf in Their Pockets," is going to be published in March, and an invitation to sign up to join the launch team, um, if you're interested in doing that. We're going to cover what's uh, top of mind and uh, on on Chris's um, email from yesterday next, um, but I'm I'm already a subscriber, and I feel like you should be too. So there you go. Terms of service. Dot social. You're looking for Chris Martin. Um, We're going to continue our conversation with Chris in just a moment. You're listening to Mornings with Carmen. I'm Carmen LeBurge. This is Faith Radio. Thanks for listening to the podcast of Mornings with Carmen. As you know, this is a rebroadcast of the live radio show carried on the Faith Radio Network. There's a lot going on at Faith Radio. Tons of free resources just waiting for you and for you to share with others at myfaithradio.com. How does that all happen? Well, it happens through listener support. So Faith Radio, Mornings with Carmen, all available because of listener support from listeners, well, just like you. If you're a supporter, thank you so very much. If you'd like to become a supporter today, just visit MyFaithRadio.com. And again, thanks for being a part of what we do every day at Mornings with Carmen. That is the theme from Chips because Paul Perot is so good at his job. I couldn't resist. You brought it up. (laughs) You brought it up. (laughs) You brought it up would be a really good segment to have here on Mornings with Carmen. Right now, we're talking with Chris Martin about what he is thinking about and what he is sharing with us via his Terms of Service newsletter. You can find the link in the show notes for today if you're not already a subscriber um, Chris, um, I can get college credits by watching YouTube. This seems like a game changer.
1: It really is. I think this like there, you know, there's been a little bit of coverage of this in the last couple in the last week or, or so. Um, but I really think this could be one of the biggest things we're talking about three or four years from now in terms of how social media is changing everything, um, because I, I really think this is just the beginning of some really massive uh some really massive development so um college is really really expensive and um a lot of people understandably feel like maybe they don't get their value out of the you know eighty thousand dollars of loans they have to carry uh once they graduate uh or you know or less or more than that depending on what stats you look at um and they feel like yeah college was fun and i'm, I'm glad i did I, i'm glad i learned and i'm glad i got a degree but man, I'm not gonna be able to pay it off until I'm 45. Like, what do I do about that? Um, And so a lot of, a lot of effort is giving, is being given toward making college more affordable for people, um, or, or at least making, getting introduced to college more affordable for people, you know, part of the whole thing around college loans and do you forgive them or not? Or, or how do we handle all of that? A lot of that conversation is like, Hey, maybe when, maybe making like encouraging people to take out, tens of thousands of dollars in loans when they're barely 18 is like maybe kind of predatory or maybe not a great idea like maybe maybe that can uh maybe there are some ways we can do this better and so there's a really great program that's being launched called college foundations that's an extension of youtube's existing partnership with arizona state university and the educational video company called crash course which um Young people today, largely like high schoolers, college students, really probably a lot of them probably know what Crash Course is. Uh, it, It started just as a YouTube channel like any other YouTube channel back in the early 2000s. Uh, launched by Hank and John Green, which are famous for a handful of reasons. They created VidCon, which is a massive YouTube conference every year. John Green is a world-renowned, best New York Times bestselling, eight times over uh, novelist and author of The Fault in Our Stars and many other notable books. Um, And so they've long been innovators in social media in general and specifically on YouTube. And so they have this educational channel and actually collection of channels in the crash course vein, uh, just about crash course in history. And like, here's what you should know about American history and stuff like that, that they provided for free for a really long time and through grants and things like that. They're partnering with an actual college, Arizona State University, which I think at one point recently was the largest public, like largest college in the country in terms of like students on campus. I don't know if that's still the case, but they're partnering with them to create YouTube video content like anybody watches that you can watch for free just for fun if you want um but then also if you pay 25 dollars, you can actually do full course material um and then if you if you find that you hey like you know pretend you're 17 or 18 you're looking to go to college but you're like i don't really know if i can go to college like, i don't know if i can keep up with the rigors of college i don't know you know i don't want to plunk down ten thousand dollars for my first loan not even knowing if this is a right a right thing for me to do well what this is basically offering is hey Try your hand at some college-like things, watch these lectures, engage with other students in these online forums, create, you know, write essays, do assignments in some of these basic college courses, and if you find, like, hey, I can do this, like, I can pull this off, I really think I can, then you can actually pay $350 per class to get credit, like, you actually have that credit applied to your college, you know, degree program, and you can go any to any college in the country or world that would accept Arizona State University credit, and you could have – it within the next year or so, as they add classes, you could have 12 hours worth of college credit uh, for a massive discount because $350 per class is, may sound expensive, but that's actually super cheap compared to most colleges. Um, and you have – more importantly, and perhaps more valuably, you'll have a better idea of whether or not this college thing is for you before you plunk down, you know, before you sign your name onto a $10,000 loan to, you know, to pay for everything. Um, and so I just think, man, I think it's really cool. And I, this is one of the things that encourages me about how we're using the internet.
0: It's so good. Um, Chris, um, brief us in on what's going on with TikTok. Like we know that there is an effort to ban federal U S employees from using TikTok. um, on devices that are owned by the government that's already happening in some states at the state level. But Josh Holly would actually like to see TikTok, the entire thing banned in the entire United States.
1: Yeah, um, and I, I uh, in my social media predictions for 2023 just a couple of weeks ago, I said that this would probably come and here it is. Now whether or not it actually happens uh, is another question um and so we'll see if you know but the but before a bill can be passed it has to make it to the senate floor and the the, the congress so we'll see um, i think the thing it. that yeah yeah and i think the thing for us to remember is just that like uh you know this is a big deal and it's important um but we shouldn't get so caught up in tiktok and what they're doing in china through tiktok that we forget that their american companies doing exactly what this company's doing in in terms of surveilling and and um, violating privacy and stuff all the time. Um, and I, I saw some of the other day and this could be possible that we should also be like, you know, wise to the fact that some of these Silicon Valley companies may also be promoting some of this like anti-TikTok sentiment because, because TikTok's eating their lunch. Um, so we should just Mm -hmm. be wise to that. I I do think TikTok is of concern. And I think, I think that it probably should be banned as much as I think it's a cool social media app. Um, but we shouldn't, we shouldn't be fooled into thinking that this is just a, gra- a grassroots sort of like, hey, this is not a good idea. We should probably be wise to the fact that it's, it's in the in- interest of the longstanding Silicon Valley companies like Facebook, et cetera, that you know, they, they may be working to make this happen as well because they're big lobbyists out there in Washington. So um, I think it's not a bad idea. We'll see if anything comes of it, though. I remain skeptical that the, that it actually will be banned, but I won't be surprised if it does happen.
0: I was, um, I will say, excited that when a member of Congress read um, into the congressional record a speech that had been drafted by um, a chat bot, ChatGPT, that then um, following that, he said that um, the jobs of his speechwriters were not at risk.
1: <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, right that's, that's, because, that's good.
0: Right. You can get you can get content, but it's not uh, it still needs some. Um, yeah totally for for those of us who um traffic in the spoken word uh the way we put our words together is still in real time um and and probably could not be done yet by AI thank God, so there you go yeah yes. there you go, Chris, as always, thank you so much brother we uh, we love what you're doing. I want to direct people again. To Chris's Terms of Service newsletter, uh, the links to it will be in today's show notes, or you can just go there directly: terms of service dot social. You're listening to Mornings with Carmen. I'm Carmen LeBurge. This is Faith Radio. Hey, hey, it's time for the Friday Farm Report, because you know, it's Friday, and I live on a farm. So, I um, had occasion uh, to be in a meeting yesterday um, during which somebody just straight up asked me, "Have you got eggs?" <laughs> like, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Is this when we should tell Paul that his mic is is open? I we guess love we hearing. I mean, we love hearing the sound of your voice and laughter, but I don't always know that you know that it's open. So there you go. I
1: didn't that time, but thank I, you. I
0: know. Uh, yeah, sure. Um, you needed so, a laugh yeah, track, you know. You I need did a... need a laugh track, and I love that. But I did sense that you didn't know your mic was open. You so correct. There you go. Yeah. I'm here to help. I'm here to help. So, um, yeah, got eggs. Yes, we've got eggs. In fact, um, we may have more eggs right now than Uh, than I quite know how to use. And so um, I'm going to pack some up this afternoon and use it as a ministry opportunity in my, on my street and around the corner to some folks who I know are having a little bit of a hard time. So we are also renovating a bathroom yesterday was demo day. Um, So that's exciting. Uh, I will be uh, off this afternoon to find the right paint color that matches the, uh, the tile. There you go. That's happening. Um, and over the weekend, I I have responsibility to – I'm going to use the word complete, although, yeah, I doubt that's going to happen. Complete the front porch renovation. It has reached the stage where um, the little places between the wood needs to be filled in with some kind of wood putty, and that's my job. So there you go. Um, roofs are on. Porches are under construction on the three houses that our kids are building down the street. So, you know – Farm life is, you know, right? It is what it is. I'm supposed to be helping my nine-year-old uh, granddaughter, Evelyn, install a bird feeder in her window this weekend. And Matthew is competing uh, in the coming days in the Winter Special Olympics in downhill skiing. Yeah, that's what's going on. Life on the farm. Always full, always fun. I hope you're having um, a great weekend. as Thanks for listening to Mornings with Carmen LeBurge. Podcasts like this are available because of your support.